Hello and welcome to another episode of This A for Life. I am your host, Alison Smirnoff, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Rachel Hibbert. Good evening, Alison. Susan Cadman. Hi, Al. And we have got a very, very special guest as our fourth co-host, Gold Coast Suns, Sarah Perkins. Perko, how are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. <laughs> I understand that you're in another time zone, Perko. Uh, yeah, I'm coming to you from the past, I think. You've really tested my knowledge there, but yes, the past. Up on the Sunshine State where it's currently teeing down with rain. So we're ready for Casey Fields this weekend, some would say. Excellent. Um, so, Hibbert, you were talking big game off air before, saying that you have pre-prepared questions for Perco. So I'm going to hand it over. Already? Jeez, I don't even get a warm-up. Okay, well... I thought this was going to be um, a little bit more conversational than me just throwing questions at you, but here we go. Um, You're coming off a W, Perko, which is pretty exciting for the Suns. It was a really hard-fought win over Richmond. Um, Take us through, I guess, the game in from from your eyes. What was it like being out there against Richmond? Take us through your game. Um, We're coming off two wins. So back-to-back, a a win, obviously, against the Eagles, some COVID, um, and then for the first time in my son's career, back-to-back wins. So sitting in the chair right now, I'm pretty excited about what what we've got going on up here. But um, obviously, it's a bit of a different view from full forward. Um, Wasn't our best day in front of goal. Uh, Myself and Tara Bahana put a nice little connection together with our smalls. Um, and Dukes comes down there as well and Lauren Bella as well. So that's exciting that we've got some tools working hard to get a kick. And then, yeah, midfielders are going to work and it's really exciting. We had Jackie Austin back. Um, I think it was like 600 days since she played AFLW, mm-hmm. obviously, um, as she did her ACL just before the 21 season kicked off. So, um, yeah, it's just really exciting. And I did joke to the girls uh, last night at training and on Monday that, um, although we like playing the last quarter, it would be nice that once we get a lead, if we could just hold on to it, because the frantic two minutes to go warning for about five <laughs> minutes really isn't my forte. We get quite <laughs> nervous. Um, but yeah, no, like we're just coming together as a team. So it's really exciting to watch from my end as the full forward. So Perko, I have to ask how, like, how's it been dealing with this, like this season and all the fixture changes and having to miss games because because of COVID, like from a player's perspective, how, how are you handling it? Um, well, from my perspective as someone who hasn't caught the spicy cough yet um, <laughs> and is thankfully now boosted, so hopefully I don't have the problem. Um, we've had a couple of scares up here on the Gold Coast. So um, I think, you know, when sort of one player tests positive, uh, test positive on a rat test or a PCR, it's a follow-on of the anxiety of your test. Um, but I guess you just got to trust that the AFL has our best interest at heart and, um, you know, we're really lucky that we didn't have to go out there on demand against the Lions um, and then, you know, have the week off and thankfully have our girls um, fully recover from COVID and, yeah, now have a full list going forward of, of girls to pick from, which is, um, I was listening to last week's pod and you were saying how we haven't had COVID up here, so I've escaped most of the pandemic. So hopefully um, <laughs> half of that team catching it at once is something that will, uh, you know, just keep us ticking through the season. Yeah. Yeah, you join you join our little exclusive club here, which is neither a positive nor a negative thing, but we are all touch wood 
negative thus far, which is blowing all of our minds every single week. Um, is there any chat about specific teams that you're coming up against or is it really just prepare your own game and you have to prepare as if you're playing any one team each week? Um, well, I mean, we obviously went into, we had our Tuesday night training session in the lead up um, to round three. Um, and then obviously all of our team kind of just fell, fell short. So, um, you know, Joycey took us through the preview of, of the of the Lions. Obviously we were planning to play them. Um, and then it was a quick change around once we finally all got back to training and changing like changing our focus to, to the Tigers. So um, I think we just said it was just a different different cat, I guess, to look at for the week. Um, but, I mean, the good thing about a fixture in comparison to sort of last year is at least you know who you're playing. So you can kind of go, all right, well, we've got, for instance, Melbourne this week, but the following week we've got Geelong. So for someone like me who doesn't watch a lot of footy, which may surprise people, um, I'll obviously sit down and watch a bit of a Geelong game. Um, not all of it, but just a snippet of it because I know that we've got them after the Ds. But, yeah, I think... For, for us as a young group, it's really important for us to just focus on that week by week. But, yeah, thankfully we know who we're playing in the future. And um, obviously we've got a rescheduled game in there somewhere, which will be exciting to see how that fits into our fixture. Um, well, I guess we were chatting throughout the week. And I'm just checking in with Perko and my other AFLW mates. I'm like, how are you going? Have you got it yet? Is everyone okay? <laughs> and Perko said, uh, like, just gearing up to come down to Casey and then the fixture change was announced. Um, so it's been moved from Sunday afternoon to Saturday evening. And Perko, you mentioned it's the longest journey for an AFLW team bar going to Western Australia. You've got to deal with an hour's time difference, the flight, the bus drive to Casey, and then to do it all again in reverse. How do you prepare for something like that? And what does your Saturday look like with a 7.10 p.m. game at Casey Fields? Um, yes, it's a good chat, isn't it, from us? We talk footy and I tell you that it's the longest travel and we've got to do it. I can't wait. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know the finer details exactly of, of how it'll work. Um, obviously, lots of clubs have been flying in, flying out. Um, but obviously it'll be depending on if we can get a flight home. But um, I think at this point it potentially looks like we'll fly in first thing Saturday morning. Um, we'll, uh, we'll get to move to Rachel Hibbert's favourite suburb for a little while in Glen Waverley because she doesn't know that I live in Mount Waverley. We've known each other a couple of years now, so it's great. Um, close to home, Hib. Um And then, yeah, I think we'll travel out to Casey Fields. So I think the club's working really hard on making sure that we're obviously not on the bus for a hell of a long time, we'll potentially get a bit of a break in between. Um, obviously, the AFL is aware it's quite quite the travel as well. So um, I did have to laugh when one of my teammates was like, oh, it's that only 40 minutes from the airport, right? And I was like, yep, yeah, yep, we're um, <laughs> just, just add another 40 or so minutes. But yep, yeah, yep, you're on. So, um, yeah, no, it's that, like, obviously, I'll be pretty happy if we don't have to fly in, fly out because, um, yeah, it would be a lot lot on the body but um I guess you sort of take it with whatever's going to keep us as a group group safe and yeah we don't want anyone else catching the spicy cough while we're down there so wherever we go we'll be locked up pretty tight yeah there was a um a trip that GWS went on to I think come up to I can't remember it was your Brisbane but they flew via Brisbane so maybe no maybe it was you guys they picked you up on the way 
They flew to Cairns, played a game, uh, dropped you off on the way back and then couldn't fly out because of a thunderstorm. So had to stay the night in a random motel somewhere that hadn't been planned. And because of COVID rules, they had to get an individual individual rooms for each player. So that they needed, you know, 35 rooms um, and staff as well overnight before they got up and got on a flight at seven o'clock the next morning to fly home. And some girls then had to go to work that day. Oh my um, God. So when we're talking about FIFO, I'm not sure it's fly in and fly out as much as it is fly in and don't know what happens. <laughs> um, but, yeah, cool. The fun fact about that flight was is that we obviously all got to the ground earlier because we were the one, obviously we were the only passengers, the two teams on board, and then we got stuck on the tarmac because the paperwork didn't match up. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of fun time on the plane. Thankfully, shout out to Catherine Smith for passing me up some Maltesers on the plane because it's quite hungry post-game. But, um, you know, it was an interesting, interesting flight. So um, I did feel bad for those girls, obviously, but um, they obviously got the W, so it couldn't be too hard travelling and being messed around a bit when you when you win, I think, when you get the dub. Touche. Touche. Perko, can you tell me what it's been like playing with Tara Bahana this year? Um, well, it's been pretty exciting. Um, I'm not sure a lot of people know, but I think a fair few of the AFLW community do um, like her stories. Obviously, she's come from the Devils and then over to the Southern Saints and then finally made her way up here. So um, we were lucky enough to play a few games together. Um, when I flew in, flew out to play for the Devils in the first, um, as, like at the end of the first AFLW season. So I've been able to see her grow over that space. And yeah, I think I was pretty excited um, when the club told us that we were picking her up. I was like, I left footer in kick from anywhere in the field. I know exactly how she's going to play. She knows how I'm going to play. And, um, yeah, like, it's just been really exciting. Obviously, I know um, her round one performance was probably not her best, but the nerves of AFLW may have got the better of her and we've seen the best, um, you know, while well, I think there's more to come. So, um, yeah, for me, I get front row seats every week. So, um, yeah, as long as I can keep the connection alive with her and the other forwards start chiming in and, yeah, little Spuddy gets to our feet in the forward line because, yeah, she's an excitement machine as well. We talk a bit about um, how there's a lot of talent at state league level that sometimes the Melbourne clubs may overlook. Um, do you think they should pay more attention? Um, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think there's there's a few girls like Tyra in many state leagues that are still mm. sitting in state league teams. Um, who have been overlooked for not getting the chance. But um, unfortunately, lift sizes come into play, work comes into play, um, having to pack up your whole life into your car and move states sometimes come, comes into play as well. So, um, you know, that I guess it's all a part of being an AFLW player really, isn't it? That I guess if you're willing to take the leap of faith um, and, you know, put it all on the line that those that do that work and, and really, I guess, give it all they've got will... Um, obviously take it in their strides and yeah be able to stay in stay in the league and on this so um but I think it's also really exciting that what there's four more teams to come and that so many mm. more girls are going to get the opportunity because you will have to pick the girls sitting in the state league teams um you know I'm all for young talent and the next generation coming through but I still think the next generation has a lot to learn off people like Tara Bohana so um yeah the more we can get them involved in our game the better it's going to be for us going forward yeah I agree 
Have you got more questions, Hiba? Um, well, I did actually want to bring up the fact that Perco's had a really difficult year and I um, think that you pulling together a season of football is a huge achievement. I think you should feel a sense of achievement just getting back up to the Gold Coast and playing footy and you're starting to really hit your stride and playing some really good footy. And like you said, you've got teammates along for the journey um, and your leadership in that group is something to be really proud of. And I wanted to know whether you would share with us, um, I guess, a little bit of the emotional journey that you've been on over the last year or so, because um, I'm a really proud friend that's watched you, I guess, just get on with life and achieve many milestones in a very short period of time um, over injuries and you know, your dad. Um, so, yeah, if you could just tell us a little bit about the journey you've been on the last 18 or so months um, for anyone who doesn't know. Um, yeah, yeah, I can. Um, yeah, obviously the last couple of months have been pretty tough. Um, I think I've never looked at a calendar so much in my life that I guess um, see what dates coming up and what dates have passed. Um, but yeah, I guess over the last 18 months, obviously moved during a pandemic. Um, I got to the Gold Coast and before leaving, my dad sort of had been going through um, some appointments and wasn't feeling that great. Um, and yeah, just after I got out of quarantine up here, I found out that he was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma, um, which is actually quite common. It's one of them, I guess, the main cancers that I don't think a lot of people um, know, know enough about. Um, I personally still don't know enough about it, um, but they say it's the better cancer to get if that's what people want to say. I'm going to tell them it's not because obviously, um, yeah, dad, yeah, dad, I guess, smashed out his first lot of chemo and um, thankfully got up to my round one game against the D's last year, which was really special for me. I had him in the stand. Um, and then, yeah, soldiered on and kept pushing in, um, went into, I guess he, he beat it, if that's the word you want to talk about, um, in that time, just before I did my knee, or the same day that I did my knee against West Coast last year, we were in the hub, um, my nan passed away as well. Um, so, yeah, not, not a great day, go down to do my knee, and then I have to get a phone call from my, my dad to say that nan passed away. Um, and then obviously got to go home and spend some, some time over May to, May to July to be, be with family. Um, and then um, in that time, dad started to get sick again. And obviously there were another two lockdowns while I was there. I got three games of AFL in, which was, which was nice um, to play for the Hawks again and be coached by Beck, which was really special. Obviously, we've got a good bond. And um, yeah, then I came back up here, just beat the lockdown or the border closures, whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, so basically the whole time that I was up here until uh, November, my dad was sort of in and out of hospital um, and like so many families, um, we, we obviously, my family down there couldn't see him. Um, it was constant, just text messages, Zoom, like FaceTimes, um, all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, late November, my family called me. Um, my brother called me in tears, actually. Um, and throughout the whole process, my sister was kind of the one, I guess, to call me. But for my brother to call and then start crying, I knew that it was bad. Um, and then, yeah, unfortunately, they gave my dad. He went to see relapse in that time um, and none of the chemo was working. So, um, yeah, he unfortunately passed away. In, uh, the, I think it was the 9th of December. Um, so I'm really thankful that 
the club up here gave me a chance to go home and spend time with my family, uh, which meant that I hadn't, I already hadn't had the best preseason. Um, I'm not going to lie about that. I had knee troubles, just niggles. Um, I ran a shocking 2K time trial, just mental battles. I guess I wasn't, wasn't winning in my head and it was affecting my training. And then, yeah, thankfully they let me come home and um, spend time with dad and the family. And um, yeah, I guess I'm probably forever grateful for that because yeah, they gave him a couple of weeks and yeah, I don't even think he lasted near on a week in palliative care. So, um, and then yeah, a week after he passed, I was back up on a plane and played in a practice match against uh, the Lions, which we lost, we lost smashed. Um, and then yeah, I came back for the funeral and then made the decision to not spend Christmas with my family and come up here and just keep that little bit COVID safe. So um, yeah, the last couple of months have been traumatic, some would say, but um you know, I'm one of the lucky ones who got to come home and be with my family and um, at a really important time when there's so many people out there who can't get back because of border closures or they can't get in, like, you know, on international flights and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been traumatic, but I guess just take it a day at a time. And I promised my dad that I'd kick some ass. And, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I'll say a little prayer to him before every game and, um, I know that he's, he's at every footy game I'm at. So, um, yeah, I'm really lucky that I had a, such a good bond with him and footy. So I know that, yeah, he'll stick with me forever for the rest of my life in that aspect. Thank you for sharing. I just mm. got a bit teary at the end there, Coco. Um, your dad was an incredible man and uh, I'm annoyed that I didn't actually get to meet him in real life because he sounded like an absolute larrikin and... I learned so much about him at his service. Uh, he was a diehard Hawks supporter. And now I understand your infatuation with Hawthorne. Um, but thank you very much for sharing. And, and I really mean it that you're a trooper and um, yeah, you just, you continue to amaze me with your resilience and, and the hard work you put in every single day and every single week. So thank you for sharing that, it means a lot. No, that's all right. My dad, yeah, my dad was a huge flurricane and, yeah, loved Hawthorn Footy Club, I think sometimes maybe more than us kids, but, yeah, it was really special. Um, <laughs> I think it's more special luck. Um, the club allowed us to have the 2015 Premiership Cup there. So, um, yeah, my dad was a member for, like, 42 years or something ridiculous like that. So, um, yeah, that was obviously something really special for us. And, yeah, obviously had a, a bit of a connection with the footy club, but, yeah, people probably know my dad more than they do me at the footy club. So yeah, it was real special. Perko, so. <laughs> I'm just so honoured that you um, were able to share that with us today. Um, it's really moving. And I guess my my question is, um, I know like for me personally, when I've had tough times, the most comforting place for me has been my footy club. Has that, have you felt that too? Um, yeah, some days are obviously harder than others. Um, I think you can walk into a footy club and there's some days where you can't switch off, I guess, the outside noise of your life. So, um, yeah, I'm just really thankful that I've just got some really close mates up here um, and obviously a really supportive family too. So um, if I'm having a bad day, sometimes I'll just message my brother and he kind of tells me to pull my head in or he sends me a Snapchat of his, of his young boys um, and it probably changes my mood. Um, and sometimes that's when I'm already inside the footy club. So, um, yeah, I guess it's... Sports, sports a good release, really. So, um, yeah, I guess 
it helps if you're a bit angry to lay a tackle or two. So, um, yes, I guess I'm having a bad day. I'm hoping that I'm laying a nice tackle or doing something so like that. But, yeah, sport's a good release when, you, when you're struggling. No, I, I think um, particular, just want to say, just want to bring attention to, um, like, uh, humanising AFLW players, uh, humanising athletes pref- who are doing things beyond um, us mere mortals would even consider. And I think I really hope that people take your story, Perko, and understand all of those challenges you've had and the fact that you're still fronting up to training every day and playing a game of footy every day is just like such an incredible tale of resilience. And unfortunately, you're not the only one who's who's moving through those things sort of in the AFLW world. And I think um, those keyboard warriors that we love so much, the first ones to dig their heels in, you know, dig their feet into people or, you know, pick people apart and just um, remember that athletes are just humans as well. So we, um, yeah, thanks for sharing. That was really powerful. Okay. So just to, just to change things up, um, we normally do positives and RFIs from each round. So Hiba, what have you got for us this week? It, it might sound biased, <laughs> but I think Gold Coast's win against Richmond was super powerful for Gold Coast. I think, as Perko said, that's the first back-to-back win um, for, for the Suns, um, and that will no doubt send them down to Casey Fields with a spring in their step and the confidence knowing that they, they can indeed string together some really, really good football against some really quality teams. Um, and the other positive for me was Ebony Antonio, just, again, tearing it up. Um, and I think we've actually seen into the future and watched their round five game by now <laughs> as well. So maybe she's in the back of my mind because I watched her play last night and it was extraordinary as well. But I just think um, she had an absolute cracker, as did Fremantle against Collingwood. Um, they really nullified Collingwood's midfield and forward line. I think Chloe Malloy had two touches, um, which says a lot. Um, so, and Geelong, just a shout out to Geelong. As we said, is there such good, uh, such a thing as a good loss? Well, yes, Geelong are just really holding their shit together across the field and it'll, it'll come for them. It really will. The W will come. Um, yeah, that's me. Caddy, positives. All right, so my positives this week. Um, seeing a couple of the oldies hitting the, the score sheet. Uh, we had Erin Phillips kicking three, Nick Barr kicking her first ever goal, um, <laughs> and then two more for the Giants, and Daisy Pierce getting a couple as well. I just thought, you know, we obviously celebrate um, the new talent coming through, but it feels really good to see some of those familiar names um, up on the scoreboard. So I just thought, why not? That, that's a positive for me. I, I mean, you know, I'm of a vintage, so I love seeing that happening. Um, and Alison's going to hate me for saying this, but North Melbourne's win was pretty impressive. They're looking the goods. Ash Riddell's averaging 28-something disposals a game, and they're really looking to um, be hitting their stride. So I'm interested to follow the next couple of rounds for them, but a bit of a big, a big win for them. Um, 
And I'm not even going to mention Carlton. I'm not going to say anything about Carlton Ellison. Yeah, let's move right along. I don't want you to kick me. I don't want you to kick me out of this call. So, um, what about Perko? Have you got any positives from the round apart from the Suns winning, of course, which is the number one positive we're talking about this week? Um, no, nah, main positive for me was um, just having Jackie Orson back on the park. So, mm. um, backstory for that: obviously, I, Jack and I had never played together before, and then. Um, we're in our little injured crew um, at the start of last season. And I just know how hard she worked in that off season of um, sort of 2020 into um, 2021. And then obviously did her knee. So um, yeah, it was super exciting to have her back on the park. And honestly, it looked like she never left. And I mean, I'd only seen footage of her play before, but um, yeah, it was just so exciting to have her on the field. And then obviously she nearly kicked a couple of goals too, which is a huge positive. And you, Alison, what have um, you got for us? Well, it definitely wasn't, watching the Carlton game. <laughs> um, but the game that I watched last night, the uh, Bulldogs Frio game was a cracker of a game. And look, we're huge fans of Ellie Blackburn. She's super important to the doggies, but Kirsty Lamb, I'm sorry. She, I think is their most important player. She is just a stoppage animal and she had to leave the field for a few minutes in the last quarter. She was she was hit off the ball, and that was just crucial for the dogs. I think if she had been able to um, stay on the ground and have impact around the stoppage, it may have gone the doggies' way because they had like a four goal wind. But um, but your mate Ebony Antonio kicked an unbelievable goal against the wind to uh, to get them over the line. Um, but just a really cracking game it was really positive. And um, my other positive for the week is. Uh, I'm not going to lie, Elise Parker following me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Our chat went a little bit berserk when this happened. I met, I definitely broke out into a sweat. Um, yeah. Because I was, I was with you, Al. I was on that journey of receiving that <laughs> notification and having a bit of a moment and then thinking, okay, no, you've got to pull yourself together yep. and move on with life. But Elise Parker mm. now follows you. And we have been a bit light on with the, you know, APFC content so far this year. So I think we just really need to bring back the appreciation. So that'll be coming. Maybe she actually listens. Maybe she's realised that and she's gone, Alison Smirnoff, I'm back. I'm here. <laughs> let's, let's amp it up. <laughs> In that case, you had a cracker release. You always have a cracker. Um. I have two RFIs. Yep. We've already spoken about it last week and in this podcast already. But what are Carlton doing? What What is the missing piece is my RFI. If we think we know what it is, let me know. Let us know. But I just, that my RFI is just Carlton, I think. I don't, I don't know what it is that they need to string together but something needs to click because we've got some really outstanding players in that team, but the team itself is not clicking to be outstanding. Um, And the other RFI, which is actually round five, but it happened last night is turbo. Like we've mentioned, just charging lamb off the ball. Um, Bit of a lapse in concentration perhaps um, from turbo and could land her in a bit of muck come round six um but yeah I just would like to see a little bit more discipline from leaders within 
within the group there at Frio. It, it could have been frustration and, and fatigue, but um, that's when you have to pull your head in and just play the game, I think. And not the first time we've talked about leaders needing to keep cool heads. I mean, a couple mm. of eps ago about down at Carlton too. So, yeah, I think just the importance of it's just like you lead by doing, you know, and just a big believer in that. And it can be a slippery slope when those little brain fades happen. Um, I have an RFI for you. Mm. The weather. <laughs> How hot is it? Ooh. And why the effing hell are we making people play games of one o'clock in the afternoon on a 36 degree day? Perko, how do you do it? How do you yeah. do it? Like, is it is there special things in the water? The, what food are you eating? Like, how do you psych yourself up to play in that? Um, well, it depends where you're playing. Like, if you're playing up here at one o'clock in the day, I wouldn't be psyching myself up for it at all. Uh, but if you're playing in Melbourne at one o'clock in the day, I think for us up here on the coast and even the WA girls, it's a different heat. So. Um, thankfully for us, we get a good run around most Saturdays at 9am in the morning where it's probably the hottest up here on the coast. So we go through a, a hell of a pre-season with that weather. So, um, yeah, there's nothing special in the water. I think it's just hydrolyte, magnesium, pickle juice, um, all of the above. But we, we play a, a winter summer sport. So that's, that's the vibe that we have to roll with and cop it, unfortunately. Because I don't think too many people are going to show up to our games if they're at 9am in the morning and the broadcasters definitely aren't going to broadcast us. So mm. um, I think we've just gotten used to it. So it sucks, but it's, mm. uh, it's all things AFLW that we love, I guess. So what about playing in that heat when you've just had COVID one week before? How do you reckon that goes down with the players? <laughs> because um, I, think it's, I think it's unbelievable. I think the expectation that someone's going to be released out of ISO and then on playing a game of footy the next day is absolutely outrageous. So I think the like I obviously haven't had COVID, but I think the important thing from I guess our footy club is, is that the growth that we've had from I guess player number one to getting it to player number twenty or whatever who have had it um, is the recovery time and I guess the research or the data that people are collecting. And I think probably the best thing about the AFLW is that people are willing to share. So um, you know I think clubs are passing on how they're dealing with girls while they're in ISO and when they get out. So, um, yeah, I'm not about girls coming out of ISO the day before a game and playing. I think you've got to try and at least get some craft in and see how you're going to feel. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's a touchy subject. But I think we saw with the Bulldogs, it was a prime example of, um, you know, that is that, that you know, duty of care about our health um, and giving them that extra time off. Unfortunately, they are going to have to make up games later in, in the year. But, um, yeah, I think there is a genuine care in making sure that everyone is coming out the other end of COVID in their best possible shape. That's good to hear. And, um, you know, one little, one positive you can get out of this situation with COVID and the force for us is all of these players getting an opportunity to play, you know, possibly earlier than before. And I think, um, I think, you know, it's really positive, you know, getting, getting a game or two into a player who's probably not expecting a game in their first season, you know, they're there to build and um, that, that experience um, and development is invaluable. So, um, you know, whilst it sucks that sometimes some of these experienced stars are having to sit out because they're unwell and they're needing to go through these protocols to make sure they are well enough to play, it does, you know, the flip sides, it opens up those spots. So, um, <clears throat> you know, that is something that I do enjoy, seeing those players coming in and seeing, you know, having a real crack and really valuing their opportunities too. So 
I'm sure you've seen that happen a lot um, up at the Suns Percus and players coming in and out as they need. So, yeah, it's great. Okay. So, Perco, this is your opportunity to completely stitch up a teammate. What's your RFI from this week? Um, I'll go serious RFI from the minimal footy that I have watched. Uh, but the holding the ball, mm. new rule, needs to be RFI'd in our game just because I think we were stiff <laughs> on a fair few of them on the weekend um, compared to, I think, the the early game between Freo and Collingwood where they were a ridiculous amount paid. So that's my serious one out of the way because I think we had Razor Ray and I was disappointed with, you know, I didn't get to see first-hand Ray's excitement to pay holding the ball, so RFI to Ray. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... I think, look, my our forward coach did it last night in our team meeting, um, in our line meeting, but the RFI is for Tara Bohana, although she is quite elite, um, someone about shot her about three or four times during our game, just a sniper, just tripping over her own feet, shot her from, from level two at Metricon. It's not a big stadium. And a couple of times she was out ready, ready to mark the ball and just sniper, got it. So RFI is keep your feet. We need them at Casey Field. So basically there's no one sitting level two to, to sniper her this week. I wish I could see that because it'd just be like standing there and then poof. I'll uh I'll find the footage and I'll I'll send it through. Pretty fun. Please. Thank you. Um my RFI is actually just Kane Corns. I could say that the positive from that, sorry Hib, is that for every Kane Corns there's a there's a Luke Abbott. Um if you go and read his yeah. rebuttal um to Cornsy. So I think, you know, we can copper Kane Corns and May a couple of the keyboard worries in the world and you can criticise me whatever you want, but I think for every Kane Corn says a yeah, it's Luke Abbott or a um what what's Oh what's Brandon Jack. Jack. Is it yeah. Brandon Jack? I think that, you know, there's a couple of them floating around or you know, you got Patrick Dangerfield who's tweeting about the girls. So mm. yeah, huge RFI for him. But obviously you watch Porter get a team and he'll care a little bit more. So that's probably my inside knowledge. So yeah. yeah. And like um Emma Race from the Outer Sanctum said on SEN this week, like he's just not, he just doesn't know where to look because there's plenty of uh, plenty of great content out there critiquing AFLW in particular. So, yeah, just be better, Kane. I think Kane's just a guy who just like, he's just SEN, Triple M, that's just the extent of his bloody media realms. Um, yeah. I think it's just like super disrespectful and I think – I just loved the response. I just think it got shut down real quick. And, you know, yeah. I know he says things to get a response or whatever, but pick another battle, mate. Like, there's plenty to pick on in the men's footy. Off you go. Go back there. No one, no one wants you in an AFLW. So, or women's cricket. Uh, yeah. Or any women's sport, in fact. So, yeah. At least Perry had a really good uh, reply. So, if you would like to go and look at her thread on Twitter, absolutely go for it. And... I sent it to my partner, Sam. I sent Emma's um, seven-minute stint on the radio to, to Sam. And there are a few expletives that I have to beep out. But she said in reply, if this guy hasn't heard about critical analysis, A, read more widely, and B, you're a beeping sports commentator, you beeping provide it, unless women's sport is beneath you. And I was like... Yeah, exactly. And also, like... Was he living under a rock? Did he not know that the Matildas got bundled out of the Asian Cup in, <laughs> in the quarterfinals and there was lots of media and critique about it? Like what? It, yeah. Anyway, we've just given him too much airtime. 
Okay. Um, well, this is one of my favorite parts of the show is our listener questions. Um, first one is the ever reliable Cairo 87. Uh, new player sponsor of Rachel Hibbert. Absolute Huge. superstar you are, Kel. Kel's first question. Honestly. How about those dogs? Do you think their season w- would look very different sans COVID? Yes. Yes, same. Yeah, I think so. They've got a great squad and like Al said, um, have real, like they've really taken it to some teams and I think like um, showing what they're capable of and they've been unlucky with obviously Huntington injuries, you know, injuries and COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully they get a nice back back end uh, run to really give it a, give it a real crack. But um, yeah, those dogs are looking all right, Kel, and I'm pleased for you because I know you, they're your, they're your faves. So. Yeah. Kel has a few faves, but uh, yeah, dogs are definitely up there. Um, okay. Next question off Twitter from at hello, Stephen here. Will I finally attend my first Geelong AFLW win on Friday night? It would be very exciting for Geelong to have a win, especially at GMHBA Stadium with their loyal fans in the crowd. I think that would be super, super special. And considering what we've been saying about them having cracking games and just being pipped at the post or, you know, one goal too many to the other team, I think they can really give it to the Eagles I think it'll be um a good a good match to watch but I really hope John can just get the dub yeah yeah same thing yep let's call it let's call it there's a dub there's a dub coming for the cats yep you heard it here first Stephen yeah it's gonna happen (laughs) okay next question from at Chris AFLWOW, who confirmed during the week that the WOW stands for World of Warcraft, which is a game he plays. The AFL obviously standing for AFLM and AFLW. Anyway, thanks for the clarification. Yeah. (laughs) Of the crossover. That is a good combo. Um, (laughs) So what is Carlton's biggest issue right now that they need to overcome? Awesome. Tell us. Because I don't know. I don't think it's one issue. I think there's a few. <laughs> um, look, that they're quite inexperienced at the moment, um, but there's just a lack of it's just a lack of cohesion. Their delivery to the forward line has just been really poor, and yeah, they just were beaten in every facet of the game by North on the weekend. Do you know there'll be two things. Actually, two things I'm going to chime in here with is a statement and then a question. And the statement is any bets after we've made these comments, they'll come out against Adelaide this weekend and have a rip snorter. Probably, yeah. Probably. And my question is posed to Perko. And if you were the coach of Carlton, AFW team right now, what would you be actioning as the first guess calls to action what would they be well I mean I did think I saw an article of of half maybe today to come out and say that it's maybe execution belief over the talent that he's got on his list um like I said I don't watch a lot of footy 
Um, but a like a one for me is obviously I think just you got to keep the girls positive. Um, and it's probably maybe you know they've had some changes and they've got younger girls coming in and um, injuries, the likes, whatever whatever it may be. But I think it's just about instilling the belief in your team. Um, you know, I know Paul McConnell I think once set up perfectly for girls to you know play a good footy. They got to feel like they belong. So mm. um, yeah, I guess I'd be working on. The connection piece, but I think in women's footy, every club's got to work on their connection to get better. Um, but yeah, just instilling the belief in your team and just pulling them along for the ride and making sure that they're, you know, they're buying into what you're saying. Because I think if if a team's not buying into, you know, to what you're saying or what the game plan is, or you know, you've got people who are playing for themselves, it's not going to get you anywhere. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a huge critique on. I, I obviously love what Half's done coming in, and you know, he's worked worked really hard at the footy club and. Um, you know, to build a good list together. So, um, yeah, I guess it would probably just be leading on, on your leaders and I guess just having the belief to, you know, to say that you can get the job done, which I think, you know, I think we were talking about maybe the first quarter was like one in 550 to 13 or whatever it was for North. So um, they obviously got a few scores on the board late in the game, which instills belief, but it's just, yeah, coming together and fighting hard. So, um, yeah, that's, I guess, what I was doing, my minimal coaching of women experience but yeah coaching coaching young the younger generation you want them to believe in themselves so yeah and I think that's exactly what we've been talking about in terms of footy through the legs and game time is that they've got a really super young list who haven't played lots of games at a high level together or apart really um with only a handful of people over the age of say 27 who have played footy for a long time um so yeah I I really like that answer perks maybe you should go into um, coaching <laughs> um maybe who knows Let's see where the future takes me i guess the other obvious one is too they did have to do the old flying fly out for tuesday night you know yep. from melbourne to the gold coast and it was hot up here last tuesday night i mean we were training on the back over while they were while they were playing their game so um <laughs> you know that's you know us traveling us traveling to casey field you know is one thing but i guess the shock of being up here and out humidity and then having to get right back on the plane and travel home <laughs> the recovery's probably yeah. gone out the window I think in between the couple of days break or whatever they've had it's funny that you mentioned that because I was watching that game and they crossed to Lauren Arnell who was the boundary rider and she looked like she was drenched <laughs> looked like someone <laughs> had poured a bucket of water on her so it was just like it was obviously so humid which is just like just saps the energy yeah it's a huge culture shock for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one small positive actually from the Carlton game uh, was the debut of Poppy Sharp, who's a Geelong Falcon. Um, she is 153 centimetres, but she just brought great energy and I hope she keeps her spot this week because she was really fun to watch. Um, okay, next question from at B squared. What was the 54? Any of them? Any of the 50s this and past years? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, we've seen a lot of 50s be given away for running over or through the mark. Mm. And we've seen a lot more recently with the stand rule. And anyone chime in here, but the first whistle or the first thing that the umpires say is move it on and then they say play on and I do wonder whether people players get confused when they hear the move it on 
and it might be a play on and they might just take that small step to the side or jump in the direction or whatever. But I think they're the, the biggest ones we've seen. But also, yeah, hilarious. There have been so many 50 metres that, especially in a game with 16 aside, it's just it's very quick to get it from one end of the ground to the other. Very effective way of moving the ball. Mm. I wonder if they could do a start of metres gained from 50 metres across the season and yeah. figure that out. How does that get picked up in the starts, I wonder? The umpires yeah. have their own or they must have some KPIs to make that must be the <laughs> yeah. answer. <laughs> Surely. Uh, okay. Um, at Torak, which player would be the best to clone in order to play on all three lines? My personal bias as heck choice is Chloe Malloy. I thought you were going to say Eden Zanka. No, that's Torak's choice is Chloe Malloy, not yeah. mine. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, geez, oh, he jumped in quick. No, 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 someone. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's pretty hard to go past Malloy. Mm. And Hatchard. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Aaron Phillips. Another good one. I've never seen defend. I've never seen Aaron defend in my life. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she'll be running off the halfback. She won't do the defending bit. She'll just, you know. Gone. And Hatchard is a very good one. I was going to say Chelsea Randall. So <laughs> it's just <laughs> the Crows. I was just going to say the other obvious players, well, the two obvious players are Karen Packman and Daisy Pierce. Mm, yeah, good. I was going to say Paxi, or in the current form is Hayley Miller because she's just taking him in the air, picking him up from the ground. She's probably. An okay ruck, considering how high she can jump. But, geez, we're, we're a picky bunch, aren't we? So this last one, it's not one specific question. Um, it's probably a kind of culmination of a few questions we've had over this, you know, first few weeks of the season. And I think also coming in the context of discussion this week about, you know, critiquing women's sport and uh, female athletes, um, so we've been asked this quite a bit, um, but what are our thoughts on how Sabrina Frederick is fitting in at Collingwood? Oh man, like this is a topic that the other co-host, probably not Perko, knows one of my favourite topics is um, my close scrut- scrutinisation of Sabrina Frederick. Um and it's not something I've really wanted to talk about on, on air, but this is now the second question this week that's trying to, like, has from listeners. And, you know, we got to respond to the listeners. Um, I think that um, Frederick is underperforming again. In my opinion, this is my opinion. Um, at Collingwood, doesn't seem like she, she's got a place in that team, I don't think. Um and I don't know, like, how many friends this will make me, but I just feel like the attention, the level of attention provided to this particular player versus the output is completely out of balance. And I did a little bit of research just to support my um, position. I just had a quick look at the stats from the, like, from the first four rounds. Um, 
just to see how similar type players, a couple, just a couple of similar type players are stacking up against um, Frederick in terms of statistics. Um, so I've had a quick look at Sabrina Frederick, Taylor Harris, Kate Shield, or Ebony Antonio. Just like, I know they're not all exactly the same players, but you know, by and large, we would say they're kind of like tall forward, key forward position players, really. The things that shock me a little bit, um, I just think that, I mean, scoreboard aside, I don't necessarily think scoring output is the is the true indicator of how successful a sort of key forward is playing because obviously when, you know, what you want your key forward to do is present time and time again, create opportunities for their players, Not and obviously when the opportunity comes, have a hit the scoreboard, but it's not necessarily about them kicking a bag every week. I mean, I'm sure Perko would agree that that's sort of like how, you know, you want your forwards to be working as, as, a, as a group rather than in, as an individual. Um, but when I had a look at just one stat in particular, um, it was just about metres gained. Um, for example, Frederick's at 47.4 um, average metres gains. Ebony Antonio is at 290 mm. averaging per game. So to me, Taylor Harris is at 130. What that's saying to me is the work rate's not there. The effort's not there to go up the grounds and bring the ball back for your teammates. And like that's, I think that's a really, really um, a bit of a gap in her game. I'm not at Collingwood. I don't know the coach. So she's obviously a very popular player, which is great. Um, really melded well with her teammates and stuff. But my question, which I think is being circulated a little bit, or what we're getting asked here at the pod, is with these kind of statistics she's throwing up, is that someone, you know, is she really contributing um, maybe to her fullest extent? I'm not sure what's going on. Obviously, like we just spoke about, people have a lot going on in their lives and that's all obviously relevant. Um, but it's just a bit of a pattern from previous seasons as well. We've seen across a few different clubs now. Um, and I just wonder if she's fulfilling her potential at the moment. But I really would be really interested to know um, what Collingwood's thoughts are on how she's going in the team. Is it working? Is it gelling? Is the kind of, is she playing a role um, in that really strong team structure they have? Because from the games I've seen, um, I get, I'm quite disappointed in someone of her size, um, just watching a ball dribble by and players coming in and not putting body over the ball and putting that effort in and going to get the footy. Like I see Taylor Harris, um, you know, moving up and down the field and doing that, that, that real leg work um, for the teammates in an equally strong team in Melbourne. So um, yeah, I don't know what else you want me to say, Elle. Yep. And a couple of weeks ago, we did talk about, you know, whether or not AFLW is changing and, you know, is the sit at home key forward still part of the game? Um, but also, and Perko, I don't expect you to comment on a player from another club, but from your perspective, how, how long does it take to adjust to being in a new team setting and, and the game style? Um, I think it varies from player to player. So I mm. think you could probably... Um, I mean, you can look at Kay, for instance. Kay's form over the last couple of seasons probably hasn't been at her peak. There were obviously days where she'd tear the house down or, there, you know, there'd be days, I guess, when you're looking at it, she'd run into the open goal and it's obviously not infamous and she hit the post. So down at GMHBA Stadium. So I think it, it comes back to 
well, for me, the, the player and how they're fitting into the group. Mm. And I think how you want to utilize that player. So, um, you know, Taylor obviously is up the ground at the moment of the D, taking really strong contested marks. She's, you know, she's scoring. She's, she's looking the best I've seen her since the first season. So for me, I think you Three. kick in, you know, Taylor Harris and herself, but also I think how welcoming Melbourne has been. And I'm not saying that the players haven't been welcoming to, to Sabs because I know that Sabs has got a lot of close friends at, uh, at Collingwood, but I probably would just say, um, you know, from the outside of looking in, you know, is Sabs currently, you know, dealing with maybe some things that are going on outside. And, and I don't, I don't know Sabs that person, you know, personally, but, you know, if Sabs, just, if she's sitting at home, I think you're wasting her because I don't think that's Sabs at her best. For me, I think you've got to get Sabs up and involved. Um, and then that's where that meter per minute will come in. So, you know, I think when you look back to the first two seasons, when, mm. two, two seasons, sorry, when Sabs was at her best, she was, you know, up, up the field being second ruckman. She had another tall forward or, you know, another tall to work with. So um, I think the Pies have obviously got a few tools for Sabs to work with. I think they've got um, young Bell Smith and, you know, and El, El um, Downey, sorry, and then um, obviously Sophie Alexander. So I think when you break down the list, is it maybe that they've got too many tools and they're not working together or, um, you know, has that connection piece just not hit it? So, um, yeah, I think it varies for each player, but it's definitely down to the connection and I guess how they are personally as a as a human too. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But you also make a really good point about her first couple of seasons at Brisbane. I mean, she just has, like, she has such a presence and and it just lifts her team when she's getting amongst it and laying tackles and laying blocks. And I think, you know, we're probably maybe a bit harsh on her because we know what she can do. Yeah, that's it. That's what I mean. It's like... I don't think she's fulfilling that potential and maybe that's right, Perko. Like get Collingwood to put through as the second ruck, get her hands on the footy and then see what happens and then get that get that really going. Because um, at the moment, it, yeah, it just feels you don't even see her on the field, which is just kind of for someone, a player with that, uh, with the runs on the board and, you know, that kind of um, reputation, it's really, it's a bit disappointing Um noting that she's in a team full of stars at Collingwood, like obviously, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just interested in to watch it play out over the next second half of the season, but um, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's definitely one to keep an eye on for sure. Um, Hiba, do you know what time it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's nearly dinner time. But that also means it's time for. Would you rather? So this is this is from uh, at Nat Warnock. This is a week late, but would you rather have four coaches in four years or sack Michael Pryor? <laughs> <laughs> Should it be? Would you rather have four coaches in four years or not? Sack Michael Pryor? <laughs> well, presumably you're sacking a coach every year, so someone's getting sacked. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, my thoughts on this are quite clear, this prior situation. <laughs> you shouldn't be coaching an AFLW club if you have that position on pride and discussing such social issues. So see ya. See you later, mate. See you never. And I'm an ex-Essendon I'm an Essendon supporter, so, you know. That cuts deep. Yeah. Well, you you definitely don't have to answer this, Perko. So 
I'll just move on to the next one. <laughs> uh, this is from at not that Brad. Would you rather do a 2K time trial at every training for a full season or 100, 100 meter sprints on Christmas Day and no beers afterwards? Todd's special, that one. Todd does that for fun. How SNC coach at um, the Falcons Christmas tradition is a hundred hundreds as I know there are many AFL followers and players and swears by it just thinks it's the greatest thing ever and tells me it's easy tells me it's easy to be fair he doesn't sprint it so it's 100 meters of running on the minute so if it takes you 40 seconds you got 20 seconds off whatever he doesn't well, I think 40 I'd... seconds he just tells you guys it does it in a minute <laughs> What? <laughs> That's it. Okay, gross. I still think I'd rather do 100 hundreds on Christmas Day than run 2K twice a week. Um, Perko, you do running on Boxing Day every year. Yeah. Uh, what is what is not exercising on Christmas Day over the break? Um, I'd rather do 100 hundreds <laughs> yeah, than same. 2K any day of the week. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Especially if you can run the hundred in however long you want. Like if you get there in a minute, you have to turn around and run back, and you, you know you do it in another minute. So be it. Like I'd rather do that. That's a no-brainer for me. Anyone that's does two K is concerning. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should do it this year, perks. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one for you because if our season is to move, we'll be in the middle of a season next year. So. Mm. I'll be playing for you on Christmas Day, so. Oh, my God. Surely not. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry to ruin the game. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll grab Suze and Al and we'll do it instead. Do the 100-100s, definitely. I'll I'll climb if you want and blow it with you. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Um, So, Hiba, have you got a would you rather for us this week? You did have one last week, but it got scrapped because you just had an inability to ask the question. So we're giving you another crack at it. So I still have not been able to decipher <laughs> what my would you rather is. Uh, <laughs> I think I need, I actually think I need some linguist help, even though I write for a living. Um, anyway, but my... Would you rather is not club oriented and Perco, you don't have to answer this, even though it kind of might sound familiar to you. Would you rather wear a jersey with the with the colours of red and yellow, red and blue, or red, blue and yellow? Um I'm gonna say red and blue. Sorry, Perco. <laughs> Caddy, red and yellow. Hibba, I think I think I'd like to wear red, yellow, and blue. Why is that? Because <laughs> then I'd get to play with Chelsea Randall <laughs> <laughs> rather than be ragdolled by a <laughs> by Chelsea Randall. Uh, and I don't think I look very good in red, generally. I'm already red enough. Yeah, you got a little pink cheeks. Red doesn't suit you, doll. No, no. <laughs> not at all. 
<laughs> hey, um, we've got two very late questions that have just come in on Instagram from Scooby Snacks. I was just going to ask where Scooby is. Been busy at work, obviously. Who's your fave commentator of AFLW after Sam Lane, of course? I think my favourite special comments person has been Kate McCarthy this season. I love listening to Beck Goddard. I think she is spice, she is nice, she is knowledgeable and she's not afraid to give that critical analysis that apparently everyone's been asking for. Um, And she's just got an insight to how the game is played at that level as well as who to look for that you might not look for normally as a watcher. She's got that coach insight as well and... Um, I really enjoy listening to her. And you never know what she's going to come up with. Most importantly, you never know what she's going to wear because we all know Goddard's wardrobe's out of, out of this world. So um, always has been, always what has been, fan. always will I'm be. such a fan. Such a the fan. Nails, yeah. No, I think, Goddard, I think Goddard's an exceptional um, commentator and I wouldn't, she won't listen to this, so that's fine. Um Otherwise, I'd never hear the end of it. But, um, yeah, I think the insight's great. I, I really enjoy, like, uh, Half coming. I think he does some really great insight too um, from a coaching perspective. Um, and I love all the players doing their special comments. And there's not a bad one amongst them. I think they've got fabulous insights. So, you know, collectively, I think they're all great. Do you have a fave, Perko? Um, I tend not to listen. And if Abby and Becky commentating my game, because I sometimes think they talk about me too much, make me sound like I'm doing a lot when I'm not at all. Um, I do love listening to Becky. I think you're right, spot on. Um, she does does some odd things and has some odd things comments sitting there in her notepad that I reckon she just writes it out. But um, too for me, I really like Joey Montagna. I think he's done a really good job um, at you know getting to know all the girls and really study the games. Um, and then I think um, is it Jace? Jason Knight, they do a really good job as well. Yep. Obviously, have been around since the start mm. and, um, you know, have really looked into all of us and making sure that, you know, they know all the little things and they love talking about our normal life, which I think is really important, um, you know, for everyone to, although we're good footballers, um, you know, we're people off the field and I think, yeah, they all nail it. So, yeah, shout out to all of them. Mm. Might I add, Joey has been exceptional with pronouns, which we made an effort of asking of the commentators at the very beginning of the season. And he's nailed it thus far. Um, so really, really enjoy listening to Joey. Um, so this last question is from Anonymous. Um, does Caddy skip leg day? Why are you so obsessed with me, Anonymous? <laughs> last night in the last night in the gym at, after training. I found a microphone and we've been using that gym for the last few months, every Tuesday and Thursday. And I'm amazed it's taken me that long to find the microphone to put my lovely voice to. And just to give a little bit of extra motivation to my teammates during gym. And Caddy waltzed on in and decided to join the Barbell Bench Press Club and lay down and just started benching, you know, lazy 40. But she was in a polar fleece jumper and I took it upon myself to let Susan Cadman know that if she was lifting in a polar fleece jumper, she was lifting too light. So 
I think she does skip leg day if she can do that. Oh, I would never. <laughs> um, that's all we've got time for this week <laughs> on this AFL Life. Um, Perko, thank you so much for being a special guest this week or special co-host actually you contributed yeah. a hell of a lot yeah you brought more mm. than you more than me yeah <laughs> you brought more than we <laughs> not not you more than me <laughs> um but yeah we will see you next time thanks fam see ya thanks Elf. bye thanks bye